life, whether we like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, meet Lori Frederick, who as a young disciple found herself clinging to the lesson of Joseph after the murder of both of her parents. Sometimes things are so intense, all you can do is hold on to God and let him carry you. We call this episode Bearing the Unbearable, Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Hello, Miss Lori Frederick. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I get some time with Lori Frederick. I know, I know. <laughs> that is great. It is so great to see you. You too. I know I see you periodically, you know, when we float in and out, but it's rare. Yes. It's I know, rare. I know. We miss you so much. Uh, every time I see you guys, it's just uh, history. It takes you back, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> How is it out there? It's it's. We had a major snowstorm come through here, so I know. You're oh not wow, we got rain, but just rain. That's yeah. all. Oh my so goodness. we got a lot of rain, but you know we don't get the snow. So right, just when I think I'm used to it, it comes through in a way that it hasn't come through before, and I'm like, oh, I'm not used to it yet. I know. I know. I, I don't miss the snow at all. I grew up with it. I don't miss it at all. That's right. You're the East Coaster, right? Well, from well, St. Louis originally, then I was in New York. I went to college yeah. in New York. Oh, girl. So, yeah. So I don't, I don't miss it. I'm happy with it being very nice and summery all the time. All the time. I don't mind that at all. <laughs> and even, and even, you know, and here, I mean, even when we get the rain, it's, I mean, it's nice because we need it. Right. We get a lot of rain, but, you know, sometimes once in a while, but that's okay. You know, I don't mind that. Right. But hey, girl, thank you for doing this. I so appreciate it. Oh, sure, it. sure. Behind every life, there's a story. So I got my friend, Lori Frederick, who is going to be sharing really her story uh, this week. It's been a long time for me. Lori and I go way back, but it's been a long time. So Lori, thank you for being with me. And um, introduce yourself to the audience, and then we're just going to kind of jump into your your testimony. Okay, thank you, BJ. My name is Lori Frederick. Uh, as BJ said, we've known each other since, gosh, the 1990s. <laughs> so that's a long time ago. Long time people. ago. I know. It seems like just yesterday, though. Right. And uh, let's see, we met in, well, California. Mm-hmm. where we uh were when Kai and BJ were here with the singles ministry and let's see for my story basically you know I became a disciple a Christian you know back in 1985 or no yeah 1985 mm-hmm. and I was in the New York City Church of Christ I'm from St. Louis originally but I was in uh New York for college I went to NYU And after I graduated, I was just looking for basically a man. I wanted to get married and I was looking in discos and places like that for (laughs) all the, (laughs) I met a lot of really 
bad guys. I was looking for Prince Charming, and I was finding the opposite. I was finding frogs. The beast. Yes, the beast everywhere. And so my mom at the time, my family was in St. Louis, you know, she's like, why don't you go to church? And she said, that's probably a good place to find a guy instead of discos and things like that. <laughs> so I started going, well, I started looking for a church. And when I was in New York, I, um, I remember looking um, at a lot of the churches. They, they had a lot of the big churches because I had been, you know, baptized as a baby. And I was, you know, I thought I was a Christian, but I didn't read my Bible or anything like that. You know, I just basically figured, well, I'm not Jewish, so I must be Christian, you know, <laughs> so that type of thing and went to church. But I went to a lot of different churches in New York. And, you know, basically, I just found that people would kind of look at you, look at you, what you were wearing. And then that was it. Mm. Then you were just, you know, no one said anything. No one talked to you. And I just felt like, okay, this is not, this isn't really working. But then on Halloween night, uh, the year before I got baptized, I met, I was on a date with this guy. And I remember I didn't really like him that much, but mm -hmm. I was getting a free dinner. <laughs> and I felt like, you know, at least I'm getting a free dinner. And I, he went to the restroom and I remember this clearly, even though it was so long ago, I was sitting next to a lady and she um, had... Uh, like a little wand with her mm -hmm. and she said that they had been at uh, church service and that they had you know uh, that they met and they and she just started talking about this church service and just kind of how it uh, there was a lot of young people I was young back then mm -hmm. <laughs> so she's like just like oh there are all these young people and you just got to come and check it out in my mind I'm thinking oh you know and I think I said yes because I'm looking for a church you know I've been trying find something right so I got the card she gave me a card we didn't exchange numbers or anything I just got the card and basically three months later my birthday is January 6th so on my birthday I got up and I thought you know what I'm going to check out this church I really want to change my life I'm going to check out this church that's what I thought and I had right. no idea what it really meant and they met at three in the afternoon, which was good for me because I'm a night person. <laughs> so at three o'clock I went in and, and, and I felt like, you know, it was, it was amazing because everybody was, was so friendly. That was just the opposite of what I had found before. And I remember one girl, they said, oh, is she your friend? And I thought, oh, I've got a friend, you know, because she thought that the girl invited me. And she's like, is this your friend? And I, right. in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I'm a friend. <laughs> I don't know. I was just. It was just so different. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, I studied in the Bible and on St. Patrick's Day, I got baptized hmm. in 1985. And so, you know, and, and and it was just kind of, you know, just amazing how God worked. And I found that, you know, I was still kind of looking for a husband, but, you know, I was really more focused on God. Right. And, you know, I was like, okay, I just need to focus on God and not worry about that part or whatever. And um, so, you know, there were some different challenges here and there. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really met anybody, a guy. And I felt like, well, you know, I really, really want to be married. Especially because of my, my parents, my mom and dad. I felt like, you know, I, I want to get married. It was even more for them, I think, than mm -hmm. me. Because I'm kind of fine on my own. Right. But I felt like... You know, for them, I really want to do this. And they wanted the big wedding and all this. And so, and I was 
I was an only child, you know, mm -hmm. um, so I, I really wanted this for them, but, um, so it was in December, uh, I was about to go visit them. I forget exactly what day I was going to go home, but I went home every Christmas. Mm -hmm. I was in 1989 and, um, I got a call for, um, cause well, cause I was thinking of, you know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to probably leave and go back to St. Louis and move to St. Louis and basically find a guy, you know, and just get married and have the big wedding, whether, you know, whether I was really in love or not, I wasn't worried about that. I was just going to do that for my parents because I felt like I needed to. So anyway, I uh, was about, oh, I was at work and I get uh, my supervi supervisor comes to me and says, hey, we need to go see the executive director. And I thought I was in trouble or something at work because, you know, why is, why is my supervisor saying we need to go see the executive director, you know? Right. And so... Um, I remember in the elevator, it's weird. I remember a lot of this, even though it was so long ago, it was in the elevator mm -hmm. and going up to see the executive director and my boss, you know, she was kind of shaking and she was like, you know, we got to call your parents have been shot mm. in St. Louis. And I remember thinking, you know, I think at this point I went into like a denial like right. a shock denial from for for months after this but i just remember her saying you know saying that and when we got to the executive director's office they said um they had the detective on the phone from st louis and they wanted me to talk to him mm -hmm. and um you know he said you know your parents been shot and my mom had had died already and my no my i'm sorry my my dad had died he died instantly he died um but my mom was in the hospital mm-hmm and um, so he said, you know, do you have any idea who would do this? And I know that there was a neighbor that lived across the street that had moved away, but it was um, a kid who was just causing all kinds of problems, all mm -hmm. kinds of problems in the neighborhood. And all the neighbors had problems with him to call the police on him and, and stuff. And basically they moved away. And I remember my parents telling me that year, they said, you know, that they moved the family across the street where there was all the problems. Cause it was a very, it was like a multiracial neighborhood, very nice, you know, kind of a middle class neighborhood in St. Louis in the suburbs. And so they just weren't used to problems and troubles, right? you know, and everybody got along and everything. So when that happened, you know, when this kid moved in, it was just such a big shock for everyone. Mm -hmm. And everybody basically, you know, like I said, gave him a, gave him a hard time because or call the police on him and different things like that. But they moved away, these people. So right. I, I remember my parents telling me that and I thought, okay, good, good, good. But I, you know, um, so I'll, the only people I could think of though was this kid. I was like, maybe it's, you know, all I can remember is there was a kid across the street causing problems. That's the only one I could think of that possibly right. would do anything like this. Because my parents were huge in the, in the, social social world of missouri and a, a lot of clubs and a lot of friends but you know there was no problems right so anyway i get i go back to st louis and we find out that the kid the kid lived across the street basically had broken in and was in the garage and um and this is december 20th of 89 and so he was I guess they were looking for money. I really don't know. But anyway, he had a gun. He shot my mom and my dad. 
my dad came out. My mom was all right, but my dad came out and then he shot my dad a lot more. And so my dad died mm. like right away. So in the garage and, but they found out because he, um, he used the credit card, credit card of my dad's. He had stolen his credit cards. They yeah. used the credit card. So they, anyway, they got him and they, they, so they let me know, you know, that they, that they, that they had arrested him and, and all. And I remember, um, and I was kind of numb and in shock. And I think I did, but I did go to God. I was, I remember going to God and, and saying like, you know, God, I can't really think I'm just going to pray every second. And I just was like, every second, I just remember, mm-hmm. you know, God helped me to make it through this. God, God helped me. I just kind of, my brain just went off in terms of thinking. Cause I knew if I thought about it, I'd go down a bad road. Right. So I didn't think, I just was like, I'm just going to pray and just pray and just pray. And so, um, and I just, I just did that. And then I remember going back to St. Louis and my mom ended up, um, she'd been shot. And so she, she's in the head. And so she was kind of brain dead, but I did get to see her breathing, you know, and stuff. She couldn't respond, but I got to see her and hold her hand. Um, and she died on the 23rd. Oh. And so I, you know, just that whole, you know, like I said, I just couldn't think. I just had to, you know, I just had to put my, my mind on, on pause and I just had to pray. And, um, the sisters I was roommates with, they all flew back to St. Louis, even though it was Christmas and they came. And so we were, they were with me and I was with some family friends and then some family that I have in St. Louis. And my, my dad's family came down and they kind of took care of all the details. They planned everything. Um, Mm -hmm. the funeral I had to do that, which was, you know, very, you know, surreal picking out two caskets for my, you know, because my parents were going to be there together at the, mm-hmm. it was, it was surreal. It's still kind of surreal. Like it didn't really happen to me. And how old were you at that time, Lori? I was 28. Wow. Oh my goodness. So, you know, it was just very, it's just very surreal. I think part of it is just being in shock. And then my uncle, he, um, one of my uncles was driving me around and we were doing stuff. And he says, okay, I'm getting ready to shock you. And I was like, okay, I've already, you know, had enough shock. I'm shocked. I don't need any more shocking. But I was like, okay. And he said, you have a brother. Because I had been brought up as an only child. Oh, wow. And it turned out my, my dad, before he met my mom, he had a son. And my mom knew about it when she met him and some of the older relatives. But that's it. Right. And my uncle was like, you know, I, I don't, he didn't tell your dad didn't tell you because he didn't know how you would take it. And I would have been thrilled because I wanted a brother. <laughs> so, but my, the brother was going to be coming for the services. Right. So, you know, because of that, uh, he wanted me, my uncle wanted me to know about him ahead of time and to meet him. Anyway, we got to meet and he'd have, he has he had a wife and two kids and, um, so that was, so that was, and he knew about me. I just didn't know about him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was very, um, it was, it was really just kind of amazing. It was kind of like God was saying, Hey, you know, you, you went, you went from being a daughter to being a sister a and sister. a sister and an aunt because of his two kids and stuff. Right. So, so that was kind of some God showing me himself through this whole thing. We go through everything, you know, the services and it was, big you know my family knew a lot of people and stuff mm-hmm. so 
And there was all my, my parents' relatives came in and helped out with the house, with all the stuff. They just helped out with everything so much because I was kind of, I was just kind of out of it. So, right. you know, they helped out with, you know, all the bill, you know, anything like that, the insurance, everything. You know, my story, I, I think I compared, I think of it like with Joseph, who, you know, really good things would happen and then he would go through really bad things and mm -hmm. then he would still stick with God. And at, at the end, God said, you know, look, I, I did this, you know, for the benefit, even though it was horrible things. And I, I remember just uh, when I got back to New York, I felt like I just wanted to change, even though I don't know, I just wanted to change, even though it didn't happen in, in New York. I right. just felt like I want to change. So right. anyway, I decided I wanted to move to California and I had relatives out here. Mm -hmm. And so and I didn't really want L.A. because that was just a little bit too, you know, too much after mm -hmm. New York. I wanted something a little less. Because I'd been there 10 years now by this time. Right. So I wanted something a little less crazy. So I ended up coming to San Diego and meeting people in church here and, and everything. But and so that's why I came here. That's the only reason right. I came to San Diego wow. was because of what happened. So, you right. know, I have to think of the people I've met and everything that's happened good here that's happened here, which is a lot of good. Yeah. It it happened because of because of that. It was always a horrible thing. You know, some good came out of it. And then, then all of a sudden, you know, it's it's 30 something years later. Right. Did that, uh -huh. How did this affect your relationship with God? You were a pretty young Christian at the time that this happened. Did you go down that rabbit hole, which I think most people would have been angry at God? How did you move? What I So what I did was I and I just stopped my brain from thinking. I, I knew that if I went down that way, I would mm -hmm. I don't know what I would have done. But mm -hmm. I just I for some reason and I believe it was God who just helped me to just be like, OK, I'm just going to pray every second and I'm going to focus on somehow this is good. Somehow God will bring good out of this somehow, somehow. And mm -hmm. I didn't know I, I basically wasn't thinking I was kind of suspended yeah. from the reality. Yeah. You know? and, very surreal but I, I I knew that I had to go one way or the other I either had to totally focus on God and somehow he was you know like that he loved my parents more than me and that somehow he would bring good from the situation and I just had to suspend my thinking right and right. just focus on and and choose to just focus on God mm-hmm and, and I, you know, my feelings, I never, I'm not much of a feeling, feeling person. So I think I was able to, and, and some of it, I think was shock and denial and all that. Right. But, but it helped because I was able to just say, okay, I either have God I can focus on totally a hundred percent and not be in reality and just focus on God and what he's doing and, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then other than the other thing, which was to just go down the rabbit hole. And so I just, I did, I, I made a choice and I just did that. And that's what I focused on. And that's why I was like praying every second. Right. Cause I, I didn't want to think. Yeah. Even wow. I was seeing all this stuff going on around me. I just wanted to pray and not think. And, you know, it was amazing. And then my, you know, I saw my brother, I met my brother mm -hmm. and that whole thing kind of, was like okay you now I can kind of deal with that and all and I had a lot of people around and people were like I remember one sister said you know you're not crying enough you're not crying that much you know how people will tell you why you should right. be and I and I I did later years later I cried you know mm -hmm. but at that time because I was so focused on I don't know I was like I just it was just so hard to believe that because I'd never been through anything like that right so I basically was just like no I'm going to choose just I'm just going to 
focus on God, focus on God. That's it. That's it. Like this isn't even like, this is just not even really happening. It's just me and God. And then one thing too, uh, when it had kind of first happened, I was staying with some cousins, one of my little cousins, she was little and now she's got five kids, but, (laughs) but she, um, we were, we were looking at the Bible and she said, okay, she says, I'm just going to find something. We're just going to find something for me to read. It wasn't any planned study. Mm -hmm. And I said, you go ahead and pick something. And I think she was like 10 at the time. So she, she picked Job. Now she thought, she said she picked it because she thought it said job. Uh And she thought funny that the word job was in the Bible. So she just picked it because it said job to her. And I looked at it. And of course I knew Job and, and it was the very last passage of Job that she picked mm-hmm. where it talks about, you know, how the, the thing it just focused on was that God blessed Job more the second, you know, right. a, after all this, that's all it, it was. It's just that passage. I think it's Job, Job 42. And I was, and I felt like that was God, you know, kind of going through her saying, you know, it's going to be all right. Somehow I'm going to take care of you through all this. Wow. So those, and then just, praying through everything and I mean a lot of things were happening I was around a lot of people it was Christmas time you know so mm-hmm. a lot of people were coming around mm-hmm. and people from my family my parents knew that tons and tons of people so I was with a lot of people a lot of things happening to keep my mind kind of occupied but I was still just like I'm just not gonna think I'm just gonna right. pray right that's beautiful. It's amazing because I, I think about, I've been talking a lot recently with different people about how God goes before us, you know, mm-hmm. and all the pieces of the puzzle. We may not, we don't understand it because we don't see the big picture yet, but God does. And even though some devastating things can happen along the way, God is saying, I got this. I know this is painful. I know this is scary, but I got this. And do you trust me? And I love what I'm hearing with you is that, you know, there are times in which things happen that are just so huge and overwhelming in our lives that it's okay for us just to let God carry us. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't always need to be in control of it. We don't always need to try to figure out the answer. And it sounds like, honestly, the answer for you was to not think, but Mm -hmm. just let God carry you you know, mm-hmm. and he has done so and has been from all these little pieces, even from your niece or whomever choosing that passage of scripture. Yeah, it was, it was, ama- it was amazing. I mean, little things yeah. like things like that. And I, then I thought a lot about Joseph because at the end, you know, he mm-hmm. says, God, you, you know, people intended to harm him, right. but God brought it out for good. Right. And even though it's, it's like, how do you see it? How do you reckon with, you know, you just have to just kind of let go. Yeah. And I felt like just letting go and letting God take it because I really couldn't think of it. I really couldn't wrap my mind around what was happening. I just mm-hmm. couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so logically, so I just had to let it go and just focus on. And it was, it was, it, like I said, it was a very surreal time, but it was, and I remember, you know, bits and pieces of it because it was a while ago. But I just remember certain things really stuck out, like with my cousin and and finding out about my brother and just really, you know, just praying constantly, like, God, help me. God, be with me. God. I was literally like every single second. That's all I was doing was just praying. Wow. wow. God is the answer. Now, do you still have a relationship with your brother? Did you guys move on from there? Yeah, we we got to be really good friends. He ended up he got ended up getting cancer and he died like about 10 years later. Oh wow. 
So that was hard. Now I'm still really close with his wife and his kids. They've mm -hmm. grown up, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, we were thinking was my dad probably would not have told me, you know, mm -hmm. and so I may not have had a relationship with him, but with this happening, you know, I got to know him and I got to have 10 years with him. Mm. So, I, you know, I had to look at it like that. So that was, you know, something horrible happened, but something, something good came out. You know, that was a good thing because it was good. It was great relationship, you know, and I really got to know him. And then, you know, moving here to San Diego and all the things that have happened and, and the people I've met and different things, I feel like, okay, God is saying, this is how you got out here and this is how you were able to have this effect on people. And, and stuff so or and and they have an effect on you right. but it wouldn't have happened without you coming out here and the only reason I came out was because of what happened right he was just keeping me he, you know helping me to stay faithful and I still felt like I wanted to get married um and I had a couple of boyfriends but they weren't Mr. Right and after a few you know years have gone by I kind of am like, you know what, I, I don't really, if, you know, to get married, that'd be great, but it wasn't really for me as much. I'm right. kind of happier. I'm pretty happier on my own, which a lot of people right. don't really understand that. How can you be happy on your own? But I feel like my life is so full and so busy that, you know, God keeps me so busy that it's not something that I need. Right. It's something yes. that, you know, I think I really wanted it for someone else for my family, for right. them, you right. know? And I feel like now, you know, if it happens, that's great. If it doesn't, that's great. And if it does, you know, um, I don't even, you know, I wouldn't get a big wedding. I'd probably just, you know, some like Connie Courthouse, just because to me, that wasn't what was really important. Right. It wasn't a big old ceremony and all that. I realized that was more for, that was for my mom. And I felt like once they were gone, I just didn't really want to have all that you know, if Mr. Wright comes along, then that's, like I said, that's great. But if he doesn't, that's great too. I think the thing with being single is that, uh, for me anyway, I realized that there's enough joy and happiness, enough fulfillment without any of that. Yeah. And so it, I look at that more as a chat, like that would be hard now, <laughs> you know, because I have my way of doing things and I like yes. things as I am. I'm setting my ways. <laughs> I know I'm like he could he could we could get married but could he go you know live somewhere else and then we just get together sometimes so that way I don't have to <laughs> deal with him you know coming in and disrupting all my stuff you know <laughs> yeah during the time we let the singles for quite a long time you know you've always been one of those wonderful examples of what it is to be single just because you're not putting your life on pause waiting for Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright to come along. Instead, you've always just lived life. And I, I felt that you've enjoyed the life that you lived. And that's what I hear, you know, and if God brings somebody into that, great. But if he doesn't, I'm still, I'm good. It's not like, yes. I'm, you know, I'm not 100% or whatever. And I think for so many women, maybe men as well, mm -hmm. I don't know, we can get caught up in, but I'm not complete or I'm not. And I never have felt that from you. I always felt you just, you know, grab life by the tail when I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. I'm loving life and friends come with me. Great. Yes. If we need a guy along the way. Great. If we don't, we're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that taught me through that experience is that you just, you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and it's up to God. 
and I, I just kind of felt like, well, it's up to God. I mean, there's nothing I can do, mm. you know. I and I, I, you know, I tell people I was I was really blessed because in the '80s, you know, we were, you know, we sleep around and we we didn't have protection and we weren't worried about AIDS at first. We didn't know about AIDS and then we found out. Yes. And I was, you know, I I was blessed. I didn't get pregnant, you know, because mm -hmm. I could have gotten pregnant. I didn't get AIDS or anything like that. And I have friends who got AIDS, and you know. Right. Later on in the 80s, you know, after I became a Christian is when a lot of stuff started, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I was spared from a lot of yeah, God from a protected lot. you. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt like through this whole journey, God's been like guiding me here and there and do this, don't do that. And I teach piano, which I love. And I have I have a waiting list. I mean, God's given me so many students that mm -hmm. I, you know, I felt like, you know, the cup is overflowing, you know, like he says in Malachi that he'll give yeah. you more than you can handle Wow. My focus for the year with my women here is a point of view, the importance of having our point of view on straight, you know, because it really guides our lives and just your point of view as you have gone through this has helped you remain solid, you know, because we can, no matter who we are, if we go through something like this, whether it's the murder of our, our parents or being single all our lives or whatever the case may be, um, it's so easy to be frustrated with the outcome unless yes. you can find the right point of view. If I can see God in it, then I can find mm -hmm. really the beauty of going through it as opposed to the angst and the anger. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. I don't, I don't hear that anger and the angst and I'm sure you've gone through it. I'm, I would have gone through it as well, you know, but it no longer defines who you are it doesn't define your relationship with God because you've somehow managed to find God's point of view for your life in it yeah yeah I I think that that's true that sounds that's that's true it's 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 like you do there's times yes I've been angry and there's times where I've been going through breakups and it's really hard and uh the first breakup I had with a brother I think a lot of my anger from my parents came out because it was after that and so mm -hmm. it kind of you know so yes there are times where there's been anger and and depression sadness you know uh all that right but i feel like god has gotten me through it each time because i i do go back to okay well god can do anything and he can work through anything mm -hmm. and even though i don't really understand it i don't really understand you know you can't really understand it i i, I think you know well i can't understand how he made the sun I can't understand how I, I couldn't even make a little leaf if I had to just create a leaf. And I'm like, you know, he, he understands so much more and there's just stuff we just don't understand. And, you know, I just have to, it's either put God first or, or nothing, you know, because of what I've gone through and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of anger and bitterness and, you know, and all that, because I know it doesn't, bring anything good so at least this way you know you focus on god and let him that he's going to explain it someday it's going to make sense like it did with joseph i mean i love i love joseph i love studying him out and i think at the end you know he's like this is this is what was intended to harm me and it turned out for good yeah well you are an encouragement to me you are one of my oh. heroes in the faith oh well amen you're one of my heroes too so thank you <laughs> You know, I think sometimes we think as Christians that bad things won't or shouldn't happen mm -hmm. in our lives. And uh, to hear stories, testimonies from people like you, it just reminds me and hopefully reminds the audience that, you know, we're living in a world that's fallen and we are not going to be immune to bad things happening. But 
we do have God's POV, point of view to hold on to, but it is a matter of us deciding, okay, what is God's point of view? And then can I lean on that? Because that carries me through whatever it is that I'm dealing with. And you are honestly, Lori, girl, I bow down. Oh, no. <laughs> it's totally God. Because like I said, I just didn't think. I was like, you know what, God, yeah. you know, and I know he won't give us more than we can handle. I held on to that scripture. And just that God is that and he will give you that peace. I think that's the thing. It's like yeah. a lot of times we try to focus on the happiness to get to the peace. Mm-hmm. And by trying to focus on that happiness and get to happy and, and get to peace, it just doesn't work. Right. You know, right. And he, he gets you to that peace and it is, it's kind of a supernatural otherworldly way of, of, of thinking because you just mm-hmm. logically, you can't figure it out. Right. Yeah. And that's the point. We can't figure it out. Right. That's yes. I try to, I tell people, it's like, you know, if I try to explain, I had a pet fish for a while if I tried to explain uh, how to how to build a TV to a fish in a fish tank, right. you know, they have they 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 just don't even understand you to begin with. It's like right. they just have no. And I feel like that's kind of us. You know, we're here. We think we know so much because I'm sure the fish mm-hmm. thinks it knows a lot. We think we know so much, but compared to what God knows, we know nothing. Right. And we can't figure it out because we just, we don't have the capacity. Girl, I'm convicted. I love this. You just made oh, my well, heart move. Oh, amen. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's encouraging. I don't know. My brain isn't big enough. <laughs> and I know. It's like that fish. Wow. I am going to use the fish analogy from this point on. Oh, amen. <laughs> thank you. All the beta fish I had that I, that I accidentally <laughs> killed. That is so good. I literally never thought about that analogy, but that is us. That's a great one. We really do. We think, honestly, you know, you go back to Lucifer. Why was he kicked out of heaven? You know, because he wanted to be on the same playing field, honestly, as God. Yeah. And yet that's how, that's how we go through life. Yeah. Or acting at least as though we know as much as God, when in actuality, we are simply a beta fish. (laughs) (laughs) In a ball. Yes, it has no clue about anything. Right, but it's 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 hard not to make it complicated. Of course, but but we but I think learning the thing, learning just letting my mind, let letting it go and letting God do that time that taught me mm-hmm. just that you can do that, and sometimes you have to do that. Yeah, I always yeah. say many most of the time we're simply in God's way, and He's like, "Will you please get out of the way?" Let me do this. (laughs) Yes. Like you can't, you don't know how to do it. You can't do it. He he will give us that peace. We just have to let him. Yeah, I agree with you. And talk just the search for peace. Everyone's looking for it. But uh, unfortunately, we are built to try to take shortcuts. That's our Mm -hmm. nature, you know, so we are trying to find the shortcuts to peace and, you know, trying to grab onto happiness instead and to realize, you know, that peace, exactly what you're talking about, it only comes if we go through the process of honestly pain, struggle, and everything else, and we allow God to carry us through it. That's where the peace is that transcends all understanding. Yeah. You know, we yeah. want it, but we don't want to struggle through it. We don't want to yeah. have to have something horrible happen to our family members. We don't want to have something, you know have to deal with something uh, in order to attain the peace. And God is saying, but it's, it's my story though. 
mm-hmm. you don't get you don't get to choose <laughs> yes 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 i mean you can choose how we respond right turn my brain off and let god carry me through it mm-hmm. you know and sometimes oftentimes it is a matter of us getting simpler in our walk with god Mm-hmm. So that God can do what he needs to do and we can just allow him to carry us through it. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, and just focusing on focusing on prayer, just talking to him. God help me. I mean, sometimes that's yeah. the only prayer you can pray. God help yeah. me. God. I mean, I remember every second, God help me, God help me, God help been me. There. That's all. And Absolutely. You know, and you think, well, it's gonna go on forever. I'm just like, but now it's been, I don't know, 30 however many years since 89, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. Gosh, you know. Wow, girl, I thank you for. Oh, well, thank you. For being faithful, for being my friend, for being an example. Like I said, you are truly a hero in the faith. And I know at times we don't feel like we're anybody's hero. (laughs) (laughs) But you'd be amazed. Someone's always looking at us. You know, they're looking at how we go through things as an example of what they need to do or how they can do it. And you have been that, I think, for so many people, unbeknownst to you. So thank you for just being faithful. Oh, amen. Thank you too. Thank you. I appreciate you guys when you came that helped a lot. That was a big piece in helping me as I was kind of going through a challenging time, you know, right, right. legalism and stuff, even in right. San Diego, when you guys came and you were like, nope, we're not doing that. And that helped me a lot. Yes. God didn't say do that. We ain't doing that. Nope. (laughs) I know. I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. All right. Amen. I can can keep going. I can keep going. Yes. (laughs) See, God brings in the pieces at the right time. Yeah, he does. does. (laughs) All right, girl. This has been great. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your story. Well, thank you, too. Thank you very much. We love you. We miss you here in San Diego. We miss miss you guys. Guys a lot. In the days of the hundred singles and all the different things we did. So we miss wasn't you. It, wasn't it crazy? It was a great crazy, crazy though, right? It was good. It was really good. It was it was good. I mean, we still look, we were like talking about that this year, the New Year's Eve thing. But just thinking about those times and going on the bus and mm-hmm. doing things. We haven't done that since you guys have been here. All right, girl. I love okay. you much. Thanks love for you your time. Too. Thank you so much. Tell everybody I said hi. All right. See ya. Okay. All bye. right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave. Play us out.